It's a joy to be. Uh, I don't, uh, are you able to hear me? Uh, yes, yes. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a joy to be with you this morning. Uh, for this morning, I was uh, want, wanting, desiring to share from Second Chronicles. We have the life of Asa. Chapter, uh, you know, Second Chronicles, chapter fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen are the passages where we have uh, King Asa, king of. Judah, uh, you know, Israel is divided into Israel and Judah, and uh, his father Abijah dies, and then Asa takes over, and then the in verse one it says, for the first ten years there was no war, and that Asa did verse two, Asa did good and right in the sight of the Lord his God. He removes the foreign altars, verse 3. And then he encourages Judah to seek the Lord of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandment. While he is doing this, he is rebuilding the nation, so to speak. Ethiopia, which is a land far away, um, comes, verse 9, now Zerah, the Ethiopian, came out against them with an army of a million men and 300 chariots, and he came to Maresha, and Asa went to meet him, verse 10, and they drew up a battle formation in the valley of Zafatha. Now, Ethiopian army is one million strong, verse 9, and 300 chariots, verse 8. The army of Judah is only 300,000, and the Benjamin, the army of Benjamin is 280. So they have 580,000 soldiers. But they don't have chariots. The Ethiopian has the chariots. Ethiopia is pretty far. They're coming from the south, beyond Egypt. And they've come all the way to attack. And see the response of Asa, verse 11. Then Asa called to the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, there is no one besides you to help in the battle between the powerful and those who have no strength. See what he's saying, how, he's, how his heart is. Lord, there is no one besides you to help in the battle between the powerful and those who have no strength. Who's the powerful? Ethiopia, obviously. And who's the one who has no strength? It's him. It's them. It's Judah. So he says, you are the only one who steps in between 
between the powerful and the one that has no strength. It actually means a lot, not just in the what how it plays out, it probably also means that the other allies were not willing to come and fight with us. So help us, O Lord, our God, for we trust in you and in your name have come against this multitude. What a perfect way to come to a crisis in the name of the Lord our God. O Lord, you are our God. And see how he turns the prayer now. He says, let not man prevail against you. <laughs> the battle is between Ethiopia and Judah, but he, as a child of God, does the right thing. He's taking now his name out of the battle and is putting God's name into the mix and saying it's between you and Ethiopia, Lord. Exactly what God would say to his people, stand by and see my redemption. All through human history, God has said that to people. And now, this king who knew God is saying that. And you see the result. Asa and the people who were with them pursued them. Uh, no, verse 12. So the Lord routed Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah. And the Ethiopians fled Asa and the people who were with them pursued them as far as Gerar. And so many Ethiopians fell that they could not recover. For they were shattered before the Lord and before his army. And they carried away very much plunder. That's to be noted. And they carried away very much plunder. Who carried away? Judah carried away very much plunder. They also struck down, uh, uh, they destroyed all the cities around Gerar, for the dread of the Lord had fallen on them. And they despoiled all the cities, for there was much plunder in them. They also struck down those who owned livestock, and they carried away large numbers of sheep and camels. Then they returned to Jerusalem. See, I have no strength. I have nothing. There is no one else who would stand with us. Perfect place to be. Perfect place to be in the eyes of God. Not in the eyes of man, not in our own eyes, not in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God. When you and I say, I have nothing. I am a nobody. I have no strength. I'm at the end of all my efforts and energy, Lord. Then that is when God steps in. Now, 15, beginning, there is a little bit of teaching for Asa. There's a little bit of class now going. Asa has been taught by God. You know, um, the new prophet, Azariah comes, 15.1. And then Azariah has the word of the Lord 
The Lord is with you when you are with Him. And if you seek Him, He will let you find Him. But if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. See, God's not telling him. It's a prophecy. It's a class. It's a, the it's a theory. But practical is going to come later. The Lord is with you when you are with Him. You are with Him and He was with you in this battle. And if you seek Him, He will let you find he will let you find him. He sought him and he found him. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. That's, that is going to be played out also. We will see that in the next, the next step. And then we see Asa's reforms. 15th chapter, something amazing, something amazing. I, this is a, there's a revival that's going on. You know, he, this, this, this great victory over Ethiopians, who are the greatest army in that part of the world at that point, nobody wanted to fight them. They were extremely agile soldiers, hardened, toughened in the deserts, and ruthless. And suddenly, victory over them by God, through God. They know it's not through Judah. And now, there's celebration, there's a, there's a, there's a revival happening. Uh, verse 9 onwards. Um, he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and those from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon who resided with them, for many are defecting from Israel to Judah. Okay, God's people are not divided. Post Solomon, uh, Rehoboam loses control over part of the uh, land, and so that continues Israel and then Judah. So that 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 division is continuing here and there are people defecting from Israel to Judah. Verse 9, end of verse 9. Because they saw that the Lord, his God was with them. What they're saying, they didn't see the Lord, his God with Basha, the king in Israel. Verse 10, so they assembled at Jerusalem in the third month of the 15th year they sacrifice oxen, sheep. Verse 12 and 13. What an amazing verse. They entered into covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and soul. Very few places in the entire history of mankind we see this. And whoever would not seek the Lord of Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. <laughs> the whole nation is on a revival mode. Verse 14, they made an oath to the Lord with a loud voice, with, a, with shouting, with trumpets and with horns. 15, all Judah rejoiced concerning the oath, for they had sworn with their whole heart and had sought him earnestly. 
and he let them find him. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. See how that track uh, follows into other areas. Battles don't come. Battles are negated. Enemies are negated. Nothing happens on the war front around the nation because their heart is true to their God. And their God makes sure the enemies don't come. He puts the dread of them on their enemies. You know, you saw that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not adding it. Verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 14. They destroyed all the cities around Gerard for the dread of the Lord had fallen on them. So when God's people seek God, come back to God in fullness, the dread of you and me is on those who are against us. Do you see it? Do you see this? This is so true. So true. When you seek God fully with nothing in your hand, even if you had things saying, I have nothing. Even if you think you know, say, I don't know. Even if you have experience in that matter, say, I don't know. This is new. I can't face it. I am a nobody. I am weak. Father, you, I need you to fight this battle. Then God does it. And here, verse 15, 15, 15. All Judah rejoiced concerning the oath, for they had sworn with their whole heart and had sought him earnestly, and he let them find him. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. What an amazing fact of human life, of Christian journey. When you seek him, he lets you find him. See, that verse 15.2 is now, uh, we are in the middle point. The Lord is with you when you are with him. That is what just happened. He will let you find him. When you, if you seek him, he will let you find him. That's what we have not just read, right? He, he let them find him. Verse 15, 15. Chapter 15, verse 15. So, and he let them find him. Because they sought him earnestly. So, we are there. Now, we are going into the last part of verse 2. And he will, uh, after he will let you find him, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. The first two is done. The third is coming. Okay. Chapter 16. Fast forward. 20 years have gone by. Okay. This was in the 15th year. 1510. You see, 15th year, this whole covenant revival is 15th year of Asa. Asa's rulership. Now, fast forward 20 years. 20, 20, 21st year. 36th year of his reign. That is 20 years later. Basha, king of Israel, comes against him. Okay, Israel is now the thorn. Constant fight. And they come and circle Rama. And see what Asa does. Verse 2. Then Asa 
brought out silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the king's house and sent them to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me as between my father and your father. Behold, I have sent you silver and gold. Go break your treaty with king of Israel so that he will withdraw from me. In his own method, in his own, you know, chicken brain, <coughs> he's making a, a war strategy. Why? He has 36 years of experience. Why? He has treasures in his treasury. Why? He knows war strategy now. Why? He knows the history that Basha's, uh, Aram is actually behind Basha. And when, if he fights Basha, Aram's going to come. So before that, I go and help Aram to go and break with Basha. So Basha will leave me. He's actually one brother. Their families. <laughs> He's bringing an Aramean into this. See, and so, verse 4, that joker also listens. So Ben-Hadad listened to the king, Asa, and sent commanders of his armies against the cities of Israel. And they conquered Ijon, Lijon, Dan, Abelmaim, and all the stored cities of Naphtali, where all the grains are stored. When Basha heard it, he ceased fortifying Ramah and stopped his work. He returns back to Israel. Then King Isa brought all Judah and they carried away the stones of Ramah and its timber, which Basha had been building. And with them, he fortified Geba and Misfah. So he's thinking he's smart. Now I've lost some silver and gold. I need to make up for it with his stone and wood. And he takes this. He's saying, this is give and take. I'm good. I'm learning this. See what the prophet says. Verse 7. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Aram and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Aram has escaped out of your hand. Ha, ha, ha. Your real enemy is Aram, not Basha, not Israel. Your greater enemy, your permanent perennial threat from where God sits, it's Aram. And I was planning to get him to you also because he'll come supporting Basha because they have a treaty and he will come to help Basha in the king of Israel when you fight Basha and I was waiting to rout him. Not just Basha but also Aram. Remove all your enemies in one stroke. But you, a fool, has just let it, let that army slip out of your hands. I was looking for a permanent solution. Now you have settled for a temporary truce. But actually, from now on, you're going to have wars. Where, and God is reminding him, we're not 20 years ago. We're not Ethiopians and Lutim, Lubim and Ethiopians. Men's army with many, very many chariots and horsemen. Yet because you relied on the Lord, He delivered them into your hand. And this is this is the teaching for you and me. 
for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. You have acted foolishly in this. Indeed, from now on, you will surely have wars. What God is saying, if you're going to now lean on your chicken brain and your chicken brain counsel of your, uh, your counselors around you, who are putting a map on a table and strategizing nation against nation, I leave, I leave you to it. I leave you to it. When God does it, the enemy's treasures come to you. When you do it, your treasures leave. <laughs> this man has lost all his gold and silver. And it's temporary. <laughs> He's weakened. Doesn't have gold and silver anymore. He just has wood and stone instead. And the greatest loss is he's lost the ability to stand before God and say, I am a nobody. I am a nobody. You are the one who fights on behalf of nobodies. This is your battle. He's lost the ability of verse 11. 14.11 The battle between the powerful and those who have no strength. Why? Because he has some strength now. What happened? 20 years. 20 years. Beginning of term. This is 36th year of reigning over Judah. You accumulate things. You accumulate worldly wisdom. You accumulate counsel. You begin to trust in yourself. You trust in God in the beginning, but then gradually, as people retell the stories of Ethiopia being defeated, they're running, gradually human element creeps in. All of God's victories, gradually you begin to put a little stake on it, saying, I did this and God did that. Earlier you say you did nothing, God did everything. Gradually you encroach on what God did. You encroach on God's part. And gradually you come to a place as you age in life. 36 years of doing this, he begins to strategize on his own without going to his God. Just after a time of revival, remember this. And he is so angry with the priest, he actually, the prophet, he actually puts him in prison. <laughs> that shows where he is. Earlier, he celebrates when he hears from the prophet. Now, he's angry. And he ends his life sadly. Even in the, the, it's condemnatory, verse 12. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa become, became deceased in his feet. His disease was severe, yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord. But the physicians. What a, what a condemnatory. The writer is saying he could have sought the Lord. Things could have been different. Verse 14, they buried him in his own tomb. 
see the number of times him his himself comes, which he had cut out for himself in the city of David. And they laid him in the resting place, which he had filled with spices of various kinds, blended by the perfumer's art. And they made a great, very great fire for him. It was probably his desire. Friends, tendency of human nature is Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. I'll read it. Are you so stupid? After beginning with the spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? Another translation, are you so thoughtless? Having begun in the spirit, do you now end in the flesh? God's word translation, are you that stupid? Did you begin in a spiritual way only to end up doing things in a human way? I want to ask you that question. I don't know what you're facing or what you have just done. Physically, materially, with a council of chicken brain people around us, you and I can easily be misled to take the enemy on our own terms. And God is saying that will be your demise, that will be your end. I was planning something much bigger in this very problem. Something much glorious. I was planning for a glory story for you, my child. It ends up as a something entirely opposite. What God has begun in each of our lives by the Spirit, the enemy and the world and our own fallen nature would like to bring to material, physical, money-based thing. Ministry can be that. We can start with passion, but then later on it becomes money, money, money. We can start a business with so many ideals in our heart that God has put to help people, employment, generate resources to help missions. But then over the years, bitterness somewhere, bad experience somewhere, we can begin to decide things on our own level. And God is warning us through this man, life of Asan. Don't let things wander, trail off from a great beginning, from a phenomenal beginning to a tragic ending. I believe we need warnings in our lives. We don't have enough people to warn us. We have people to praise us all around us. After a certain age, nobody tells you to your face that you're wrong. If somebody tells you, keep that friend. You need people who tell you to your face that you're wrong. Shall we pray? Father God, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for showing your heart for us. That how you desire 
far greater things than we can think of. You're much more strategic, much more than we can ever imagine. I pray for my brothers and sisters on this call, that wherever they are facing, that they would not lean on their flesh, lean on human, in whose nostrils are the breath of life. That could be asked anytime. Help us not to rely on our bank accounts or our experience or our FDs or properties. But remember who we really are, that we are nobodies. And come to you with utter humility. For you alone are God. In Jesus' name.